Welcome to the Bike Pack Adventures Podcast. I am your host, Chris Panaski. This podcast was created so as to share the stories of bike tours, bike packers, and endurance cyclists from around the world as they embark on amazing adventures. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn the ins and outs of bike travel. You'll get insight into various countries and cultures around the world, hear fantastic stories of their journeys. Through both mine and my guests' experiences, you'll learn about the pros and cons of specific gear, bikes, and bike setups. If you're new to bike travel and considering going on an adventure, I hope the podcast provides you with that extra little bit of motivation to make it happen. I want to thank Panorama Cycles, Redshift Sports, Restrap, Race Day Fuel, and Brockman Cyclery for supporting Bike Pack Adventures and helping to keep me on the bike. Check out the show notes for more information about these amazing companies. Thanks and keep on pedaling. Welcome to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast. I am your host, Chris Panaski. This podcast was created so as to share the stories of bike tours from around the world as they embark on amazing adventures. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn the ins and outs of bike touring. You'll get insight into various cultures and countries around the world. They'll share fantastic stories of their journey, and through mine and my guest experiences, you'll learn about the pros and cons of specific gear, bikes, and bike setups. If you're new to bike touring and considering going on a tour, I hope the podcast provides you with that extra little bit of motivation to make it happen. If you're already a bike tourer, I hope my guest stories allow you to relive some of your own experiences and give you a good laugh or two along the way. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast. It is officially spring uh, here in the Ottawa Valley. The snow is pretty much all gone. Some of the rail trails and uh, hiking trails still have some remnants, but it's nearly there. Probably another week, maybe two. Uh, for sure, it should be gone. Uh, I did get out for a bike ride the other day. The first one outside this year, 2022. I rode 51 kilometers to Wakefield and back. Uh, so that's like 25 each way. And I took the rail trail out there and it was tough, man. There was some really slushy, soggy sections to go through and some long sections that were just covered in snow. Challenge, but doable. And I figure if I can make it through that in my first ride of the year, everything else should be just a little bit easier. So yeah, I can't wait for that to be gone though. Uh, I think in the meantime, I'm going to throw my road slick tires back on the bike and um, just do some road riding and, and kind of start to build up that endurance pace. Yeah, it's awesome though. It's so much fun. I'm just so glad to be outside again on my bike. Got to get a fat bike maybe next year or the year after. Wife, if she's listening, please get me a fat bike. Um, <laughs> what else is new? Last week I went down to Toronto, Niagara Falls, and, um, I was lucky and fortunate enough to join, uh, the Toronto Coffee Outside YYZ group. It was something I had never heard of before, and it was just really cool to, to go out early in the morning, have a coffee, interact with cyclists, and, and, you know, share in that passion and get to know, know some different people. And I was so impressed by it. I came back to Ottawa and I said, I'm going to find out if there's a coffee outside in Ottawa and couldn't find one. Although there was one a few years ago, apparently, and it just kind of, you know, died with COVID, um, just kind of stopped happening. So I thought it's a great time to restart it. And so I put out a message and uh, I've actually chatted with the last Coffee Outside creator here in Ottawa and we've discussed things. And yeah, so we're going to take it over and bring it back to Ottawa uh, every Friday morning. So if you are a listener and you are in the National Capital Region for Canada, 
come join us, man. Friday mornings, 7.30 to 8, that kind of thing, meetup time and stay as long as you want or until you're the last one and then you feel awkward and you just have to leave. But yeah, we're going to just uh, shuffle around the locations, different parks, different areas that are nice and worth seeing in the city and go from there. So another really cool thing that's happening here in the Ottawa area, if or actually it's happening worldwide, different cities. I'm not sure if it's outside North America, but definitely in North America. It's called the Cuddy Cap Challenge, and it's uh, it's run by Ride with GPS. And it's basically an international scavenger hunt uh, in collaboration with Chas Christiansen, one of their one of their global ambassadors. And what's really cool is he designed two caps last year, cycling caps that were hidden in 10 different cities in the U.S. So they, to make that more clear, there were 10 caps per city hidden and a partner in that city created a bike route that people would ride and there'd be clues and information that could lead you to find one of the hats. So they've asked me if I'd like to partner with them this year and be the, uh, just kind of run and organize and set up the Cuddy Cap Challenge here for Ottawa. And I felt extremely privileged and I think it's going to be really, really fun. So if you are in the Ottawa National Capital Region, I think Toronto's doing it as well. I know there's a bunch of cities in the U.S. really have to just Google Cuddy Cap Challenge. And then you might uh, actually happen in your city and you might be able to get out there for a good ride and find a cap. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really fun. And that's happening on May 14th. And um, yeah, I think the, the maps will go live early that morning and it'll be time for people to jump on their bikes and get out there and have fun. So stay tuned for that. Furthermore, I have no new Patreon supporters. So if you are a listener and you love this podcast and you guys, you are waiting and excited when new episodes come out, I would love it so much if you could join as a Patreon supporter uh, for just a few bucks a month, you know, the price of a coffee, a beer, a meal, whatever you desire. You could be one of the people that helps to keep this show going because it is a huge investment of my time to, to manage this and to make it happen. A lot of work goes into it. And other than the occasional email that says, hey, Chris, love your podcast, blah, blah, blah. There's not much coming back and it does cost me. So um, it would be really, really great if people could sign up as Patreons and just help to keep this show running. Alternatively, you could go to PayPal, search Bike Tour Adventures and just do a little one-time cash splash. Um, I am trying to upgrade some equipment, but that might have to wait a few more months until there's enough money to do that because... uh. Yeah, we just had a baby, so I can't be spending extra money outside of uh, off the salaries and stuff to go to that at the moment. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. And uh, other news, Bike Pack Adventures. Just a reminder, the Grand Depart is July 3rd, leaving Chelsea, Quebec at 8 a.m. Uh, there are three distances to choose from, so 400 kilometers, 1,000 kilometers, and 1,300 kilometers. And if you'd like to register your interests, just so I know, and I can spam you and stuff with all kinds of information about it, you can go to bikepackadventures.ca, check out the Grand Depart, and... Um, just register. That would be awesome. All right. Now, on to this week's episode. In this episode of the Bike Tour Adventures podcast, I have the chance to speak with Liz Pomeroy, an Irish-Canadian artist that goes by the stage name Ostella. The O in her name symbolizes her advocacy for zero waste. And when venue doors locked down in 2020, it got her thinking, hey, I'm Ostella. I stand for sustainability, zero waste. I tour all the time. I can do this better. So she committed to touring across Canada on a bicycle by herself. A 2022 cycling bard, if you want to say that. There is no other way she'd rather tour right now. So she's hitting the road this spring to bring live music and stories back to you, to the garden, to your acreage, to your driveway, 
four and a half months across almost 7,000 kilometers. When I first came across an article that detailed what Ostella was planning to do, I immediately knew I wanted to get her on the show to share her story with us. So before we begin, check out her just released single, Spark. Stella, welcome to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast. Can we restart that again? I completely blanked on your name. Sorry. Chris. <laughs> it's Chris. Chris, duh. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Here we go. Ostella, welcome to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And can you tell us about yourself? Um, I'm an Irish Canadian import. <laughs> uh, I make alternative rock uh, Irish fusion music. And um the zero in my name stands for zero waste advocacy that I try to stand for as much as I can. And this year I'm starting my, did you get a bunch of sound there? No. Oh, weird. How bizarre. 
Anyway, I'll start that again. This year, I am starting um, a promotion tour for my record on bicycle. So I'm going to do it in the most sustainable way I possibly can, which is me and a bike and a trailer with my guitar and a solar panel and a tent. Ah, And I'm going all across Canada. I'm starting in two weeks. Nice. So how long have you been a professional musician for? Is this a long time thing? Um, If you count professionalism as being earning money from it um maybe <laughs> maybe the last 10 years okay um or doing a full-time uh, day job inclusive in the music industry would be the like the last five years i would say but okay. i've been in band since i was 16 which is longer than 10 years okay fair <laughs> enough so you're only 26 27 okay <laughs> how'd you guess <laughs> and uh so what are some of your musical inspirations um just so as we're thinking about your genres and your type of music uh, I grew up listening to garbage and uh, the band, not just as a genre of crap music. Um, yeah, uh, garbage and all the good 90s stuff, no doubt. And Portishead. Um, I love St. Vincent and a, a few bands from Ireland that probably most people may not be that familiar with, like The Frames. Mm. Um, the lead singer of that band, Len Hansard, most people know him from The Commitments when he was in that as the guitar player as a teenager. And he went on then to write the soundtrack for a film called Once about a busker in Dublin uh-huh. and a Polish girl. Um and he's he's been an incredible inspiration to me. In fact, it was it was him that inspired me to do this cross Canada cycle. As no well. way! Yeah, that's cool. I was watching him do an Instagram live one day in 2020, and he was referring to the nice clean skies um, because no one was flying anywhere. And he said that um, it had inspired him to rethink his world touring schedule and how he set up. Uh, you know, international flights and that. So it got me thinking that with the acceptance to um, a residency, an artist residency in France that I received, uh, that I should be able to, yeah, structure it better. Um, And so I decided to just, you know, uh, restrict myself to one Mm. transatlantic flight and find other modes of transport on both sides of the Atlantic that way. Um, But anyway, so he, he was a huge influence because he blended fiddle with rock music, uh, which I just remember as a a teen and as a college student going to those shows and honestly being moved to tears in those shows. They were elative. Mm. They were incredible. Um, And he's such an amazing showman. Um, And then also Amel DeMay is this phenomenal musician from uh, just down the road from where I went to art college in Dublin. And she made a career for herself doing like rockabilly stuff. Um, and uh, she moved over to London for the longest time. And so she plays Bowron, which is an Irish hand drum. Oh, yeah, um, I know what the, that is. Yeah. 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 Uh, alongside her upright bass player as they're playing these raucous rockabilly songs. Like it's the most incredible thing. And she's honestly one of the best vocalists of our time, in my opinion. Mm. And uh, so they were incredibly um, influential on me and like bigger bands, like the, um, the cores that people would know, um, the whole family of cranberries, the cranberries without doubt. Absolutely. Uh, my first band when I was 16, we used to cover their stuff all the time. I still cover them to this day. Um, yeah. And then a a newer band that, uh, came out of Limerick, I think, uh, which is a county in Ireland. Um, they make use of Bowron as well alongside didgeridoo. And, uh, and a bunch of other things. So yeah, I've just always been, um, 
yeah, just <clears throat> attracted to attracted to the big bands, rock bands that make use of my Irish heritage in a really fun, novel way. Yeah, sweet. And um, so what is your instrument of choice then? I know you said guitar for your kit on this tour. Um, anything else? Voice. My, voice. my primary instrument is voice. Um, and then from there, guitar. And if I have to, piano. I use piano mm. for helping me write songs and I teach um, using piano as well. But uh, yeah, it's mainly guitar for performance. And uh, if I don't have any other instruments to play, I'm happy just being out front singing. Okay. Yeah, you have a pretty good voice. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, um, I and have you had any prior touring experience or is this something that's really new to you for biking do you mean sorry i meant, sorry, I meant bike year? touring yeah sorry um i have yeah my whole family are cyclists and uh so we've grown up my brother in particular uh doing a lot of long distance uh-huh. uh cycling um mainly races he did like the a leg of the tour de france as a as a youth cyclist and um i ended up getting into it with my dad uh the year i left university we went on a two-week um charity cycle across argentina so we did about two thousand kilometers in two weeks there but that was a fully supported trip with about 100 people and all the all the support team and everything Mm -hmm. as well um so yeah i mean up until now uh my only experience bike packing has been last Friday night's jaunt out to my friend's house, which was 15 kilometers away. And I camped in his back garden oh, to test cool. all my sleeping gear. And uh, yeah, beyond that, that's it really. Just I've, I've camped. I have long distance cycled. So this is my first time oh, blending the two. Like, yeah, into full on touring mode. Huh? Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm guessing your family have been totally on board with this and they're just kind of like, do it. Or they've been a little bit more hesitant. Oh, the fact that this is an unsupported tour, mm-hmm. they're having heart attacks all across oh, okay. the place. But um, just just for the fact that like you can drive east to west in Ireland in three hours and north to south in six hours. And so even when I just drove myself uh, from Ottawa to Calgary in 2011, they were having heart attacks. They were like, please, like, be careful about <laughs> moose and all the rest of it yeah don't drive at night and (laughs) 100 percent. honestly i couldn't even get used to driving at nighttime out here because everywhere you go in ireland like uh, well unless you're going down country roads but like main highways when you're doing 120 um are lit with cat eyes which are like you know recessed reflectors okay in the concrete Mm -hmm. or in the tarmac but you can't have that here because of the snow plows in winter time right so it makes for a very dark highway and it took years for my eyes to adjust Mm -hmm. to that so i legitimately didn't drive at night when i did that cross canada drive but anyway so um yeah in terms of this cycle they are very nervous and um i went out and got a a garmin in reach um Mm -hmm. and uh took a picture and sent that to my brother i'm like don't worry i just picked this up and he was like Oh, Stella, like I just, I just picked up a, a Garmin uh, Speedo for you, which also has like all of the, all of the stuff. Oh, on it, you know, an so. Edge 530. That's what I use. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So obviously I still have to install it. That's mm-hmm. this weekend's project. But uh, yeah, I'm, I think everybody, including myself is happier now that I've got um, an SOS mm-hmm. GPS uh <clears throat> tracker and a redundancy yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. And and they're two very different units. Like so the Garmin is uh the the 530 is really good just for navigating, you know? Like that's it's what I use all the time. 
And then the inReach is really your emergency beacon and you can set it up so it's tracking and it's putting it on a website and your family can see exactly where you are. And then they can start panicking when you don't move for two hours and they don't realize you're just having a midday nap and they're going to be like, oh, what's (laughs) going on? Did she get eaten by a bear? Was it a, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and here you are just lounging. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like uh, the reaction from strangers has been such, such an interesting thing to contend with. I was at an open mic on Saturday and announced what I was doing and I had this gentleman come up to me afterwards and he was like this short five foot something older man with these piercing blue eyes you know and he gets right up in my face and like won't let go go of my eye contact you know and he's like there has to be a better way to do this don't do this. This is so dangerous. I've been there. I've been out in the outback and I go walk about all the time in the Canadian wilderness and it's terrifying. And he went and he told me like all these stories about like animals eating humans alive and stuff like that. And like, Jeez. thanks sir. Just wild stuff. I'm like, okay, well, I, I see that you are the universe telling me to be careful and I will be. So thanks. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm not going to throw away a year's worth of planning just because you say so. Yeah, but, anyway, but I think, I I think with your trip, you're going to have such an amazing time and pulling a trailer with a guitar and people are going to see that. And it's just going to, it's going to create so much more conversation than if like your typical bike tour too. So it's already like, it's like bike touring 2.0. It's like everything, <laughs> all the benefits of bike touring, but even more conversation, more friendliness, more people thinking like, oh, how can I help you? How can I make your day better? You know? And, oh, yeah. And it's going to be like, fantastic. I'm I'm a, har- a diehard optimist when it comes to the human spirit. So I am, I am excited just to get out there mm-hmm. and blend and <clears throat> mingle with people. So tell me about uh, Orkavo a bit more. So it's, it's a, it's like a residency, right? It's a, it's a special thing you apply to. It is. Yeah. You would apply as a musician and you kind of, fill in all the blanks you know about what you're about mm-hmm. and they'll they'll approve you or not or That's accept really you and uh, then there's a, a grant that they give you as well for I think international students to help you get over there and a bunch of different things and if anyone is by by the internet as if you don't have your phone on you right now you should just <laughs> look it up uh, uh, Chateau Orcova uh, in France and it's this breathtaking it looks beautiful mansion yeah it's phenomenal and uh just a little retreat for artists to go and make beautiful things and so i was stoked to go but um the way they had to spread out everybody's stay because of uh restrictions and all that jazz pushed everybody who was booked further and further Mm -hmm. down the line you know so um i've been pushed to 23 at the moment and uh we'll see if that ends up making any sense down the road i hope i do get there but we'll have to play it by ear let's see huh hopefully hopefully um tell us about your bike i think it's a it's a really interesting story of how your bike kind of got sorted out for you um i think i was reading or watching one of your blogs or video and it was too small and then it was too big and it was like somebody was building it for you is that correct or has all that changed? Oh, yeah, that's that's my other bike. Uh, so my buddy rebuilds vintage bikes down in Calgary. Mm. Uh, he has a bike called Vita Cycles. Um, and he had rebuilt a giant for me, a 1980s giant. And I was using that all last year to train on because I haven't long distance cycled, honestly, since I moved to Canada. So that's like 15 plus years. And um, so got back into the training last year on that. And 
the whole time, um, yeah, the first one that he did build for me was in fact much too small. And, you know, I'd turn a corner and catch my toe on the front wheel as it turned. Um, and then, and then he tried again on a brand new frame, uh, which turned out to be this one. And, and, uh, it's definitely, it's not quite the right fit. I still have to bring it for a bike fitting, but I was trying to balance my budget last year. So Mm -hmm. ended up spending it on a different bike. So anyway, uh, I was chatting to him, pick his brain all last summer. And we ultimately decided that like for the amount of mileage I'm going to have to put on this thing, um, it's not worth it. Uh, it was going to, all the old components were going to break down and it's Mm -hmm. indexed gearing and all that stuff, you know? So, um, and it doesn't even have enough eyelets. I don't know if you call those eyelets like the like brazons, I guess, to, to attach things, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. So I mean, I and my brother, being the real cyclist of the the family, I was like, "Can you just drill some holes into the steel?" He's like, "No, Liz, Not like, don't do that." No. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I was like, "Right, okay, I need to go back to the drawing board." So I ended up picking up the last um salsa marrakesh Ooh, 19, uh, 2019 edition mm-hmm. it was the last touring bike that was left in the shop uh which i picked up in edmonton at um revolution cycles okay. and um it was just the perfect fit uh for me and i was like going back and forth i was like oh i don't know but you know how like the supply chain has been for the last couple it's of insane. years and that was the other issue too with the prospect of taking that giant bike out with me you know we were trying to anticipate all the things that were going to break on the thing and how long are we going to have to wait to get that back in stock and maybe should my friend in calgary be the main um person who holds all of my spare parts and then he can mm. just dhl them to me in different parts of the country and it was all getting so convoluted so um Knowing how the supply chain was, though, I just ended up pulling the trigger on this thing um, as well, because it was like it was like September or August. So the end of the cycling season. And then I was like, oh, will I wait? But then the winter come goes and then there's mm-hmm. nothing to choose from. And then all the new stuff comes in. And then I was planning on being gone by March. So, I mean, I don't think even bike shops get their new season bikes in until deeper in the season, maybe. especially Yeah, with the way yeah exactly. Very hard to know. So I just pulled the trigger on this thing and it is the greatest thing. I took it to this other bike shop in in Edmonton, Hardcore Cycles, and the nice guy Steve there did a, a whole bike fitting on me. And uh, it's the first time I've ever used cleats as well. Oh, okay. Did you fall um, over a couple of times? Actually, no. Hey, fantastic. Kinda, Good like, job. touch wood so <laughs> yeah. far, you know. It was a couple of hairy moments, but um, yeah, so far so good. But I mean, geez, like once you've got the the whole bike loaded up with all the gear it's a whole other beast isn't Mm -hmm. it like wow it's like trying to drive a barge you can't make any quick turns or anything to avoid potholes and all these things so yeah there's been a couple of times where i've like accidentally clipped in not realizing and then gone to get out at some traffic lights everybody knows those stories right so yeah Nothing, nothing that's met uh, asked pavement just yet. Oh, that's good. You're lucky. Um, I <laughs> yeah. definitely went down a couple times in my early days of clipping in, and it happens to the best of us, and yeah. so be it. No, I'm but sure uh, I'll get mine. I know your your bike setup too is because you have the guitar, and I'm assuming is there an amplifier involved as well. Um, well, it's actually, it's a different kind of guitar. Okay. It has an amplifier built into oh, it cool. and it's a carbon fiber body. So it's lighter weight and mm. also more resistant to intensive uh, temperature changes. What kind of guitar is that? Like would be. It's called a Lava Me. Okay. Um, lava, like out of a volcano. Yeah. Me, like 
me I am yep. um and uh, it's a shorter uh it's a shorter guitar it's a travel size guitar oh, cool. so it's three quarter length and it just has on board um power boost so mm. it sounds like it's plugged into an amp when you turn it on but it's not oh cool um and it has a bunch of effects and stuff as well so dead handy um have my own criticisms of that. I'm going to do a, a gear review thing yeah, on should. my YouTube later. Um, but anyway, so I also ended up getting this little um, Yak Bob trailer. Oh, you did get one, one in the end, house. huh? I did. Good. I actually ended up getting two, oddly enough, because the first one I had to go all the way to Montreal to get. And uh, no got it from a woman who has bike toured all across Canada as well. So she's been an incredible resource always dropping in and giving me tips and stuff. So thank you, Linda. Um, and so I was bringing it back to Edmonton and it was right when all the flights reopened mm. and the uh, airports were overwhelmed and the staff were overwhelmed and overworked. And I was standing there waiting hours and hours for our baggage to show up. And the oversized curtain draws back and there's the guy unloading all the things and there's my trailer. And the guy just takes it and drops it like fender first onto the thing and just like crushes the fender. I'm Ah. like, Oh no. And I mean, it's such an easy fix, but, um, WestJet were nice enough to, um, offer to pay for a new one which they haven't paid me back for yet I should really get on that um but anyway I went out and bought another one just as a redundancy too just in case anything mm-hmm. breaks and then as it turns out my neighbor is a machinist and he used to own a bike repair shop anyway so and he used to race and then he had a terrible accident and stuff so now he just sticks to motorbikes and so he offered to um to modify the trailer uh so he put an extra rack on which is able to carry the guitar yeah nice so uh now uh, in, in everyone, line with what those i know you met uh or you did a talk with some uh some some guys who musicians that traveled across canada by bike and they had like an extra rack welded on type thing right that's exactly oh, where I perfect. got the idea from. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I couldn't believe my luck that I lived down the road from a machinist and my buddy Kyle that I interviewed about it also knew a machinist mm-hmm. that was able to weld and stuff. I'm like, well, that was convenient. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I kind of figured well. you already had your uh, your uh, trailer sorted out, but I was going to tell you, I know somebody who has one sitting in their basement, but I figured, oh, by the time I talked to her, I think she's already sorted. So <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know, though. Those things are like gold now. Yeah. Before continuing on with the show, I'd like to thank Panorama Cycles for sponsoring this podcast. Panorama Cycles is a bicycle manufacturer in Quebec, Canada, dedicated to backcountry cyclists that prefer gravel, snow, and off-road trails. They believe cycling is a catalyst for adventures of all sizes, and that there's no need to travel across the world or to be a seasoned athlete to live epic outdoor adventures. Over the past year, I've been riding the Chick Shocks Fat Bike, the Katadin Gravel Bike, and the Taiga Mountain Bike. From everyday rides, bikepacking trips, and a multitude of races and events, these bikes have put a huge smile on my face every step of the way, while also getting me on the podium on the Wendigo Ultra Fat Bike Race and helped me set an FKT on the Canadian Shield 400. In partnering up with the Bike Pack Adventures podcast, Panorama Cycles also wants to give back to the cycling community, particularly you, the listeners of the podcast. By using the promo code BPA10 when purchasing a new bike from PanoramaCycles.com, you'll save 10%. For more information on their environmental commitments or to check out their bikes, head to PanoramaCycles.com. Now back to the show. Um, So what else? Are you using panniers on the bike as well? Yeah, I've got the Ortlieb panniers uh, front and back and uh, just waiting on a few last 
dribs and drabs of gear, like a front handlebar bag. I just got a feed bag and I've got a frame bag and I'm strapping my tent poles to the crossbar and all that stuff. Nice. All right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what is your route? What's your, what's the planned route? Uh, The planned route is Victoria to Halifax and, uh, you know, just go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think mostly I'm going to be keeping to, um, yeah, like highway three, probably. I'm all nervous now saying. Yeah. Highway three is the one that's kind of South, right? South of the, the trans Canada. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that's really nice. Uh, so have I. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all, what all the cyclists have said. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, truly, I'm actually kind of nervous saying my route now because my team have have suddenly appeared around me in the last like few weeks and they're like, you're actually nuts, like publicizing this and you're traveling by yourself, dude. So if oh, there's yeah, any there's people that, yeah, traveling, um, uh, any cyclists that are listening that want to join me for a leg of the tour, you're more than welcome to reach out to um my email yeah that's excellent that's actually a really good point because yeah i thought oh if she mentions kind of where she's going then you know people that in those cities i mean i guess we can say capital cities you're kind of heading through so if people are listening from any capital cities of, or provincial capitals um reach out maybe you have a couch or a place for her to crash if she needs it or if she hasn't already figured out something right so maybe there's a way people can help you out yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be going through all the main the main places um, and hopefully staying for a little while in both in, in mm-hmm. all those places. So, yeah. yeah, but it's going to be a very organic kind of thing because the prevailing advice that I've gotten from every bike tourer and I, even I know a musician who's done a walking tour of Canada 11 times. Oh, my God. And wow. he said that if there's any one piece of advice, it's to not have a fixed schedule so that you have the flexibility. Um, and truly like <laughs> I felt really bad. I, I got a really wonderful offer to play a show in Edmonton at the end of May. And, uh, you know, just being, being the indie artist trying to make it, you yeah. know, you t- say yes to everything. And, and then I went and I did the calculations. I'm like, okay, well I leave Victoria on the, 22nd of April and this gig is the 26th of May in Edmonton. Uh, and if I really again. book it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to Edmonton. Anyway, oh, you are going to come like, back. Okay. Yeah. But I'm just like, if, if I really book it, I can make it there. But I'm just like, I'm going to be skipping through as fast as I can. Possibly one of the nicest legs of this entire mm-hmm. tour going through LBC. I'm like, I'm actually insane. And then I took my bike out for its, um, its maiden voyage out to my buddy's house last weekend. And I was like, I will actually die if I try and race anywhere and try and make some stupid schedule of Maybe maybe they can book you virtually. I mean, the whole world went virtual for two years. So you could just be sitting in the middle of the woods and like just ramp it and um, they can have you projected, you know? Hey, come on. You know what? (laughs) Where were you when I was planning all of this? Jesus. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But if anyone is around Edmonton on the 26th of May, you should go and see Rain City because if you like bands like... Uh, five alarm funk you will be absolutely blown away by, away by these bands mm. these people they're just phenomenal so yeah yeah you should definitely go see that and uh so let's talk yeah you said uh you mentioned like tenting and stuff so you're gonna tent when you need to and i guessing in cities find accommodation whether it's the goodwill of people or cheap hotels yeah, that kind I've, of thing i've been reaching out to warm showers a lot uh so that's already covered me for pretty much my whole stay in victoria oh, amazing. so uh 
I can't wait to meet, the, meet those people because every review I've read and everyone's experience with warm showers has been phenomenal. So yeah. I'm just stoked to get into, into that. And actually one of my hosts um, hosts a, a bicycle pedaling music tour in Victoria oh, every cool. summer. And uh, so we're talking about maybe doing a pedal powered kickoff show in Victoria through them. So that could be really fun. Oh, that'd be very, very cool. Yeah, I think I've I've never met a bad warm showers. I've never had a bad warm showers experience. You know, right. couch surfing, I've had like people that are a little weirder and stuff and it's just a little strange, but like never had a bad one either. Not touch wood, like you said. Um, but like warm showers have always been really positive and fantastic. Mm. So mm-hmm. Honestly, like anyone anyone that cycles, <clears throat> I've seldom found a bad a bad apple, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Except the people that steal remember, the bikes and then cycle away and you're like, <laughs> bad cyclist. <laughs> well, they're on their own journey, man. <laughs> There's a whole other bag of <laughs> bag of worms there. But um, yeah, like I remember when we did the Argentinian cycle, we, we used to cycle with a group called Blazing Saddles in Ireland. And uh, I've actually randomly met some Canadians over here that know Blazing Saddles. That's wild. And anyway, so we would cycle with them and... I guess it was just a popular group for retired firemen to join too. And I swear to God, they are the, my most favorite humans on the whole planet. Firemen, they are just like up in the front peloton. Is that what you call it? The little group? That, yeah, like, the front, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, God, just like laughing and joking all the way along and you're cruising at like 50 kilometers an hour 45 maybe and just like it's nothing to them and mm. they have such incredible attitudes it's it's so good i love cyclists <laughs> yeah nice and um so the ultimate goal of the bike tour i guess is to promote the new album right can you tell us about your mm-hmm. new album well the new album is called Freefall, and it's the first of two mini albums that's coming off a larger concept album the Uh concept album is coming in 2023 it's called pendulum state and it follows the arc of like that mental back and forth swinging back and forth um kind of detailing my journey through a lot of mental issues and uh, addictions and stuff like that over the last couple of years and so um there's like a key, a key song, a keystone song in the very center at the the absolute peak of that okay. swing on the record, um, which will come with a pendulum state when that comes out. And then every other, uh, both halves then from there um, are their own little records. Oh, so cool. you've got free fall, which starts like really quietly yeah. and like swings down into this big raucous thing. And then skyward comes out next year, which starts out with a bang and drifts off. To ah, this kind of this makes thing. it so much more clear now. I get it because I was looking at the names and my, like, how did these all play in to get, yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> and um, maybe we can even have one of your songs at the opening of the podcast. If you're keen on that, I will talk I about it after. Now. Um, so as, as you mentioned, it's kind of, it's like a semi unplugged tour, right? Cause you, yeah, I'd say it's a hundred percent unplugged. hundred yeah. percent unplugged. It's just, yeah. it's unplugged cause you got an awesome guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I saw somewhere that you were, you're trying to see if you can get like a, a band supporting you throughout, um, with girls rock or something, right? You want to talk God, about that? You dug deep into I, your I research. I go deep. I watched your videos. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Good for you. Yeah. That was my, um, original desire with this tour 
was to travel as sustainably as possible, mm-hmm. promote um, women in music and especially female youth and female identifying youth. Um, because I've worked with Girls Rock Camp a bunch in Calgary okay. and they're run by two amazing women. And those campers just blow me away every year. Like they're their willingness to be fragile amongst total strangers and that you're just like, you're so privileged as, as a mentor to be able to witness young kids finally find their tribe, Mm. you know, when, when you know that they're the weirdo in their school and they say so, and they're like, this is the first time I've been able to talk to people about things I'm interested in. You know, it's so amazing to watch that. And then they're fearless. They are absolutely fearless. You get like, um, veteran campers who've done it a couple of years and you kind of sign up for your instrument of preference when you're joining and um sometimes there's too many people wanting to play the same Mm -hmm. instrument so on the first day of camp you know a mentor might be like well we've got too many bass players this year how about you jump on drums this year and without missing a beat they jump on they're like show me what to do yeah at like 13 15 years old i wish i had something like that to go to as a teen and it's so easy to learn at that age because I remember being in grade eight and that was the first time I was in a school that had an actual music room you know before that it was just recorders because I was in a cheap ass school and um, and then I got into this school and it's like they put me on trumpet and I was like that's awesome but I just wanted to play sax and then the teacher at some point's like well you got to play clarinet first so within a month I like did as well as I could on the clarinet so I could jump to sax and you know and then I finished the year on the sax and the next year after that the teacher's like we need trombone players it's like I can do it and That's then cool. I kind of got to the point where I became less I feel like less musically inclined because I was at such a prime learning spot there where I could just absorb it all you know but now I'm like definitely slow down later on <laughs> if you don't keep up with it yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then, mm-hmm. you know, life gets in the way and yeah. all of a sudden your six hours that you were burning, just shredding on your guitar in your bedroom mm-hmm. is down to maybe 20 minutes if you can find it. It's such a drastic difference, you know. So, yeah. So anyway, my my whole plan was to uh, collaborate with Girls Rock Camps Amazing. all across the country as I go and then send them a few of my songs in advance so some of their uh, more experienced campers can learn the songs and then back me up and we could do like a a fundraiser show for that particular girl, girls rock um camp in town but honestly like i have big dreams but it's so hard to pull off all of this as one person so i've had to like just let that go uh, as a as an idea yeah. um in its its formal structure and then i just you never know what happens out on the road you yeah. know um i i do have a song called red skates coming out later this year and that's the thing about the record too is that it's coming out in october but there's a single dropping from that record every month until then oh, so, so cool. every month there's a new song coming out and september is red skates which is a song about like basically anti-bullying and that type of thing so it would be so great if you know if I ended up doing workshops for schools and stuff along this tour as well to to talk about that kind of thing so there's always potential there to link up with Girls Rock Camp in a more informal way um that uh that can work out too so Mm. you never know yeah and it's and like you said it's really really hard if your timings are unpredictable when you're on a bike tour and you're expected to be in Winnipeg at this date and you're like, oh shit, I'm not going to make it. And I'm laying down all these girls. So it's, it's not, it's a very difficult thing to, you know, maybe a next tour by car and then you can 
definitely do something like that. It might work better. That's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, lots of people are asking me, oh, do you have shows booked and that kind of thing? And, you know, I'm in a a, a women bicycling uh, Facebook group and, you know, I'm in there talking about um, logistic concerns and stuff. And some people are like, well, why are you even telling people your route i'm like well because if anyone wants to host me for a show they need to know how far out i am to advertise and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it's such a strange mix of the two worlds to try and logistically Mm -hmm. uh, put together so yeah honestly at this point in time the worst thing i can imagine in the world is the prospect of trying to get somewhere for a show date and letting people down because in in our planning of all of this stuff um a really nice guy from toronto who runs Sea Rock Live, um, which is basically uh, an online publication for for music, um, reached out to me and wanted to collaborate with me. So we were talking about linking up with uh, Via Rail to do the artists on board thing, mm-hmm. to be the, the first artist back to promote that whole scheme that they have. And uh, I mean scheme in the Irish way, not in the cynical <laughs> You're, they're going to take all your money kind of yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, so anyway that was going to be a thing and uh, it fell apart so um, I completely lost my train of thought what yeah we no you were about? talking about um, yeah whether or not to do like girls rock and you were talking about your plan with this guy in Toronto to uh, yeah potentially yeah, do be so- a real thing but fell apart yeah yeah, yeah, right. So in my research of what it's like to be an artist on board musician and building a tour around that, I found a friend of mine who had done that and she was going from east to west. Okay. And because the train has its designated stop points, but also some like minor stop points along the way, um, one of them wasn't advertised, but they still ended up stopping for like a half hour or something, which threw off some other connection that she needed mm. or something. She ended up having to phone her Vancouver venue in Floods of Tears being like, I'm going to miss the show date. And um, it was just like this whole headache that sounded like no fun to go through whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah, I decided no show dates for me, point. no hard show dates. And, and um, yeah, Canadian train systems aren't as uh, established as the European ones. <laughs> they like to stop to let the freight trains go because they own the lines. And yeah, it's a tough mm-hmm. one. Um, have mercy of them. And I think you, I saw that you were looking, you know, part of your funding was to, to be able to get a GoPro and some other gear like this. So you're going to be recording all your own audio and video or you have any people helping you along the way? I've got one friend that's a video editor that could help give me a dig out along the way. Um, but currently my team is void of uh, a video editor. So I'll likely be doing it all myself when I so get So if anybody out there is listening and you're good at video editing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Help an artist um, out. Yeah, that would be so great. Uh, so yeah, but that that's the plan is to make a, a series of episodes or a, a mini tour documentary mm-hmm. or something when I get back. Yeah. yeah, especially if you're like four and a half months and you got all this video and then sit down, it, it can be like depressing and mind boggling. Like I get like that if I record two, three podcasts and I don't produce them right away, I just oh, get in a funk too. and I'm just like, no, I don't want to do this. It's too much work. I like talking. Yeah. I hate editing, you know? <laughs> so Absolutely. And like, that's why I was so... Um, 
surprised that you brought up things that were in some of the YouTube videos that I made, because that was the whole plan was to do weekly updates all through last year mm -hmm. of how things were developing. And then we got that heat dome last summer and I was in the middle of recording the album and I don't have central heat or a central air conditioning oh, in my house. So I was just literally floored out on my back on my bedroom floor, um, trying to deal with the heat and having cold baths and stuff like that. And it was gross. So it really sucked all the momentum out of me for that. And I still have like three or four episodes still sitting on my phone. Oh, yeah. and I haven't edited, <laughs> you know, so yeah. And I don't even know if I'm going to have enough, like, you know, uh, storage capacity anywhere to store five months worth of video. Holy. Yeah. So yeah. If anyone's around that could give me a dig out, that'd be so amazing. <laughs> Um, what excites you most about the bike tour? Oh God, just meeting people, um, and moving. I can't wait to move and be out in the open air for the whole time. I've, I've always been kind of fascinated by, um, sustainability and self-sufficiency, mm. you know, and, uh, especially living in Canada, you know, like the winters that we get here and so, then you see homeless people on the street and you're like, how do you even survive? I get it that there's homeless shelters, yeah. but there's times when you don't have that available. And it blows my mind that humans can survive those kinds of things. And so it actually sent me quite far down the emergency preparedness YouTube rabbit hole in my preparation for this stuff, because also you're looking at the floods that happened in Vancouver mm -hmm. last year. And my, my head just goes apeshit with that stuff, you know? So I'm just like, okay, what if this happens and this happens and now we're facing nuclear threat and yeah. what do I do if I'm out on my bike and all these things. So I'm kind of curious to make sure I can keep myself alive. That's uh what I'm fascination bike. And I find when I'm riding my bike though, that kind of all those thoughts in your head just kind of, they, they kind of like get blown out, you know, like you kind of just forget it all. Like you get into the rhythm of cycling and then it's, it is like, it's its own therapy. Right. And all these 100%. stressors and things that might make you overthink. And all of a sudden you're just like, I'm just going to ride my bike and forget oh, about yeah. all this shit, you know? Yeah. I can feel it in my brain that I need to move a lot. <laughs> so I'm just looking forward to reaching homeostasis again, mm. mental homeostasis. <laughs> what worries you most about the tour? Um, probably wildlife. Yeah. I think Maybe. wildlife's not as wild as people imagine. That's, Except for that story about the wolves that kind of like even had me tripping a bit. I, mean, <laughs> I think one I was that I posted about. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, what the man. fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And, yeah. And like, truly, like I, I, I remember do you remember a few years ago, um, wildlife attacks seemed to be really, really rampant. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were hearing all about it during the summer, just at like, you know, um, camp camping sites and stuff. And anyway, I remember listening to a CBC interview where they had invited on, um, a wildlife expert person thing, wildlife ranger. Okay. And, um, and so they came in to chat and they also had a cyclist on, uh, as a guest and what had happened, this cyclist, I swear, man, just set the hairs up on the back of my neck. So he was out cycling along, um, the, uh, river Valley parkway. I think it is. Mm -hmm. Is that the one that goes through Banff? Something like that. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I, think, and, I don't know uh, all the names there. Yeah. And so he was cycling along that and uh, he got off to have a break in this kind of clearing or whatever. And he said the hair on his back went up. He was like, something isn't right around here. And so he looked around and there was a wolf and 
he, you know, he got big and loud and scared the wolf away and the wolf receded back into the tree line. And he's like, whew, that was hairy. And then a few moments later from another section of the tree line, the wolf emerged again and coming a little closer this time. And he got big and loud and he scared him a lot away and shook his hands and the wolf receded. And then a few moments later from the other side of the clearing, the wolf emerged again. And this continued to happen until there was no more space left between him and the wolf than what he could. He put his bike between him and the wolf. He was, and the wolf was that close. And he was like screaming at him and go away. And just then a woman pulled up in her car and he dumped the bike and dove in her window basically. (laughs) And they drove away. I think he went back the next week to pick up the bike or something like that. And so he was being interviewed. And then the, the host of the interview turns to him and and she was like, did it ever occur to you that maybe it wasn't just one wolf? (laughs) And he was like, actually, no, not until now, but (laughs) holy shit. I'm like, oh fuck. So yeah, I mean, like people are idiots, you know? I, I, I mentioned this story. I was at Omega Park yesterday, which is like an hour from Ottawa. And it's a, it's kind of like a, it's a safari, a Canadian safari with all kinds of, you know, wolves and bears and different zones. And, and I mentioned about the wolves and the girl there said, nah, wolves won't attack you. She's like, they look at you as predators. They're, they're only interested in finding prey. And I thought, yeah, probably 99.99% of the time. And then you just kind of get that one messed up pack. That's like, let's screw with humans. And, uh, <laughs> but, but this is the trouble, like a hundred percent, you're dead right. But the reason I do believe for that is because humans are fucking idiots and they Mm -hmm. like they do stupid shit like oh look there's a wolf on the side of the highway throw some food out so he comes over closer and i can get a good picture of him yeah and so they of course associate us with food so oh man leave the dogs alone in 2020 i cycled north to yukon from vancouver and in like a four-day span on the cassiar highway i saw like 35 black bears wow not a worry those things only one, like I would stop, obviously. I'm not like, I'm going to, if it's in the middle of the road, I'm not going to try to ride by it. I just kind of stop. I also didn't have bear, oh, I, I didn't have bear spray at the time. I had an air horn. Um, no, I did have bear spray. Anyways, I had an air horn as well. And I used the air horn and it just kind of looked at me and then kept on chewing on grass on the side of the road. And about five minutes later, it walked off and I was like, but that was the only one. All the other ones, eh, they didn't care. They were just, you know, side of the road or in a ditch and. No big deal. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Canada has some insane wildlife. I'd be more worried about moose. True story. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And I saw a moose one time driving back from Vancouver and we pulled over like everybody else had uh, to take a picture, but people were getting out of their cars to go up and take pictures. I'm like, oh my God, we're Mm -hmm. like a hundred feet away, pulled over just there to take Mm -hmm. a quick snap and piss off again, you know? Yeah. so yeah, no, just people well, don't have any common sense. We're, we're at this well. park Omega and there's these deer everywhere. And it's like, it even says, don't open your windows all the way. Only open them halfway. Don't let them stick their heads in. Stay inside your vehicles. And there was this car SUV in front of us, both kids sitting on the windowsills, half out the vehicles. And I was like, man, that's all fun and it's cool until your kid gets headbutted by, you know, like a male, whatever deer or ocelot or whatever they are. I don't even know what animals, you know, moose, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's stupid. Like, why would you put your kid at risk? You know, like dumb. Um, anyways, moving on. I know you're, you're <laughs> short on time. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've been given thus far? Has been to not have any hard 
hard dates I have to meet and just go and enjoy the experience and let it unfold in front of you. Um, Action begets action. Uh, So a little bit of planning at the beginning for sure. And a general, general outline is fine. Um, and then just see what happens from there. And honestly, that's, that's how I really like to travel anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been a bit of a, a pain point for traveling with some of my mates, you know, who love to build itineraries and stuff like that, but I'd rather just go and explore. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to dive deep into that this time. Awesome. And, uh, what's your favorite piece of bike touring equipment that you've got so far? Not not musically inclined equipment. Ooh, mm, mm. favorite piece uh, so far. I think like I'm such a dork. Like I don't <laughs> think that little six year old that got excited over a new school bag every September has ever gone away. Like I love just like opening and closing my new bags. <laughs> like look at it go. Look how smooth. That look, mom. Look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That and uh, I also got a pedal cell, which I'm stoked on. Do you know those? Is that the one that's um, the charger that connects that uh, um, it charges at the wheel rim? Is that the one? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'm stoked to see how much that can generate and yeah. see if it can keep me going. Uh, I have a little uh, power film um, lightsaver as well that rolls up on itself and you just un- unfold it. So I'm planning on like strapping that to the guitar so it can charge during the daytime. Um, but I don't know, like I'm, I'm a bit of an idiot when it comes to tech and I always seem to get the lemons. So like what mm. should just unroll and work doesn't seem to work for me. So I'm still doing lots uh, of like tech enough. troubleshooting <laughs> right now. But, um, but yeah, I'm stoked on its prospects. <laughs> Hard question. If you could only listen to one music album while bike touring, what album would it be? I hate that you asked me this. <laughs> um, Beck Sea Change Ooh, is something that really comes to great. mind because when I think of the Rocky Mountains, I think of that because that's our snowboarding record. Um, uh, it's so peaceful and sublime. Um, mm. But uh, I kind of want to save that for snowy encounters. So for, oh gosh, I don't know, man. Um I'm thoroughly obsessed with Sky Wallace and Megan Nash. Um, if I could give some Canadian f- musician plugs, um, Megan Nash's record Seeker is so 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 good. Uh, I must know every word to that record right now. And um, and then also Sky Wallace's self titled um is just such a banger. Like and actually, you know what? Very much so that record because she's got a song on it called Always Sleep with a Knife. And she <laughs> did this amazing, amazing um she's just traveled all over Canada and she did a series of um writer residencies around the country. And I believe one of them was up in the Yukon and she was reading all these books about uh women of uh the town back in like gold panning days and stuff like that. And this one song um there's a few along the same lines of like mothers talking to daughters okay. in those times and just being like, you know, just be strong and don't listen to them and do mm-hmm. your own thing kind of thing, which I love. And anyways, so this one song, Always Sleep With A Knife, uh, is just such a banger. And when you go and like dissect all the lyrics, you're like, whoa. Um, but every time I get into my tent or think about my sleep system or something like that, I'm like, I'm going to get that knife. I'm going to stick it under my pillow (laughs) next to my bear spray. So I think that's going to be the theme of my tour. (laughs) Yeah, That's awesome. I, uh, Mm -hmm. I remember on my tour too, you know, like every night I got into my tent, I had my bear spray on the one side of my sleeping bag, my knife on the other side thinking like, 
if something happens, I'm going to make, it's going to, re- it's going to save me, but you know, nothing ever happens. So, um, let's hope for that. Um, any questions, anything I missed that you'd like to ask or talk about? Yeah, I'm, I'm confounded by my sleep system at the moment. Oh, I was kind of disgruntled to go out and find I couldn't sleep for more than like an hour or two. Um, despite having like two inflatable air mattresses, one on top of the other. I think like maybe their aura rating isn't quite as high combined as they should be. Mm. Uh, and I don't have like a thermal, like, mat to sleep on it's more just like a yoga mat um and i like i was already getting cold and then i was like okay well i have a backup which is like you know just the emergency tarp which is my lined Mm -hmm. and i was already cold at that stage so i was like oh well i'll just chuck this over me to try and hold in any heat and then the condensation just went insane in my in my tent so i don't know one uh one one tip there I actually talked to a guy recently who uh who was cycling through lots of cold weather in europe into like Northern Italy and stuff. And mm-hmm. he said, get as much stuff into your tent as you can. And mm-hmm. that way it takes up some of the airspace and get as much of like your clothes and stuff in your sleeping bag as you can, because that'll, that'll, um, you know, it'll create less, less place for cold air. And then also mm-hmm. you can go with, um, before bed, boiling some, boiling some of your water into water bottles and throwing them in your bag. The Nalgene hot water bottle. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But I'm yeah. notoriously bad for not packing enough warm stuff. And I've got my sleeping bag cinched right around my head. So it's just a little hole over my mouth. And I can't even move because if I, if I like move left or right, it just sucks air in. And I, you know, and of course, no midnight peas and stuff like that. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm a horrible for it. But you could also put like um, an, an emergency blanket, you know, those little tiny paper thin things that are like silver lined. Put one underneath your mat and that'll keep some of the cold from the ground. I'm thinking, or your body aimed up. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what I did. I kind of like, I used my tarp, which is an emergency tarp, silver lined as well. And I used it like a taco. So I I put it under me and then folded it over me as well to try and keep my heat in. And But But um, then the humidity starts to build up, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, And I was kind of bummed because like the sleeping bag I was in was minus 18 rated. But I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's survival or comfort rating because they're both different, right? Um, And so- Merino socks, Merino long, long johns. Well, that's the thing. I had like a Merino thermal Uh, on that I had cycled in, in, in the day and all the rest of my worm fleeces and down jacket and- I'm a cold sleeper anyway, like in the, the depths of winter, I'm happy to have like four blankets on my bed and I will sleep yeah. fully dressed with a hat on. Oh, like, fair so. enough. So I'm the opposite. I'm like, my wife's okay. like buried under the covers and I'm just like half off. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> totally all right. Well, I, my wife and I are actually planning a road trip across Canada this summer because uh, we had a baby and we figured she's on maternity leave. So what else could you do for two months, but go explore the country? Um, so I will keep an eye on where you are at the point in time where we're driving and maybe we'll catch up with each other on the road. Oh, you're doing a road. Yeah. We're going to, well, we're going to bring bikes and do some like little bike adventures at the same time, but she didn't want to go two months without a, like on a bike. (laughs) Not this year. I was, because I was hearing bicycle road Uh, trip with a newborn. I wish. And I was like, where are you, what are you going to put the baby in a pannier? Like, what are you doing? In a trailer (laughs) and Bob Yak. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> That's gonna be so fun! Wow. Yeah. Cool. So we're doing with uh, we're buying a little camper, hopefully, in the next little month or so, and then we'll just tow that and have the bikes with us and do some rail trail ac- activities and 
little loops here and there. And that's the hope, kind of achieve both of our goals for the summer. And, uh, but anyways, we'll see where, uh, where you are at the time and maybe we'll cross paths. Yeah, hopefully we can intersect. Yeah. And, uh, where can people find out more about you? I know you've got a class, so. Ostella.com. So you got to spell it with a zero for that zero waste. Um, so it's all one word, Ostella.com. And uh, there's a link right there to the fundraising. You can see all the tiers and all the goodies that you can get for it. There there's a route of the general map. Um, and then you can jump out to all the social medias. From and they can join well, your fan so. club too, if they like your music. They can join my fan club. Um, and I would also recommend anyone that's interested in hosting me for um a house show to jump on the mailing list because everyone who's on a mailing list will get um, a heads up first before everybody else of when I'm coming into that region. That's so right. Cause you are going to do like garden parties or house shows, things like that. Right. If there's a, if there's a That's demand. That's the main way yeah. I'm performing. Yeah, oh, exactly. is it cool? Open mics yeah. as well, bars and stuff or. Uh, there might be a few of those, but mostly I'm going to be doing 15 minute pop-up um, shows at patios in the downtown oh, core. Oh, cool. Um, so I'll do that um, just as like a, hello, I'm in town kind of thing. Um, and then from there, it'll be more um, house shows. and that Love kind it. Of thing. All right. Well, I will link to everything as well. So uh, Ostella, it's been fantastic. I know you've got something on in a minute. So talk to you soon. And... Hey, enjoy yeah, the start of your so bike tour. Thank you so much for having me. Thank, thank you, Chris. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that podcast with Ostella. It was kind of neat to interview somebody who's going to be touring and kind of address some of the things that are going through their heads. Somebody that doesn't necessarily have tons of self-supported bike touring experience. A little starstruck, you know, talking to a rock star and all that. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed her single. And as it is released today, it's really, really important that, uh, you know, on Spotify and think YouTube and all these things that, uh, that things get listened to in those early days. I think she mentioned Spotify. So if you guys could please Search O Stella with an zero and then Stella on Spotify. Give her music a listen and uh, that'll help with her ratings and rankings and stuff. And, and it goes a long, a long way. On a side note to that, if you are a listener in Canada and you th- live in one of the capital cities or on a, a frequently toured route, uh, reach out to Ostella and um, maybe, you know, you could help her out along the way, give her a place to stay for the night or whatnot. I don't know exactly what her route is, but if you reach out, then, you know, you can make that engagement and discussion. And it is a lot different for a solo female bike tour than a male bike tour. So bear that in mind and uh, yeah, reach out. Last thing before we move on and uh, say goodbye, uh, something that came up since my podcast with Steve O'Shaughnessy, the My Back 40 episode, I had a guy named Christian reach out to me and he was a little upset with my comment that I made about Colombian drug dealers. Now, I didn't even remember the comment. That was how off the cuff it was and not thought out in that sense that I had to re-listen to the whole entire episode. And uh, lo and behold, towards the end of it, we were talking about numb hands. And like I said, yeah, my fingers like get really arthritic and sore. And I said they they stick out like a Colombian drug dealers or something stupid like that. It really wasn't meant to cause offense. So Christian, I do apologize to you for that and to any other Colombians that might have listened and said, what the fuck is he going on about? And, and I certainly wasn't, um, making the 
reference that all Colombians are drug dealers, so that was not my intention. So if it if it did come through that way, it is uh, it is my bad, and I do apologize. It, it definitely wasn't my intention. It was kind of a stupid off the cuff remark because you got the finger sticking out. I guess I could have used a better analogy, like uh, the Queen of England drinking tea or something. But yeah, anyways, I do apologize, and yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. You know, um, it caught me off guard because I, I try to be pretty sensitive to cultures and stuff, although I, I do make occasional dumb comments. You know, we are human. So my apologies. I hope you keep on listening. And on that note, everybody, have a great day. Have a great Easter weekend and keep on peddling. Bye-bye. I want to end the show by thanking all my listeners once again for the emails and comments I regularly receive from you. It really helps motivate me and keep me going with this project and to continue sharing people's amazing stories. If you have questions or comments, you can email me at bike at bikepackadventures.ca or go to bikepackadventures.ca and shoot me a message through the contact form. You can also check out the webpage for past podcast episodes, bikepacking routes throughout Canada, blog posts, videos, and touring tips. Lastly, I'd like to once again thank all the individuals and companies that are supporting the podcast. If you are enjoying the show and like what I'm doing, you can become one of my show supporters by going to patreon.com slash bikepackadventures. And for just a few dollars a month, you can help keep this show going. You can also help out by sending a one-time donation through PayPal. This money all goes back into the podcast, help me to cover the costs associated with running the show, buy new equipment when necessary, and produce the high-quality content that you've become accustomed to. Much appreciated, and keep on pedaling. <laughs>